aboard the struggle bus. You've got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, we're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Well done. It's like a tongue twister, Your you guys. enunciation is amazing. Well, I have to over-enunciate because you have the easy part, right? I do. I guess. Yeah, no. But you're the pro, so you should have the hard part. Oh, that's true. Thank you. Um, what's going on? You know, the usual. I, do you think that you have more feelings or more opinions? <sighs> Gosh, um, I have so many feelings. Yeah. I have like some very strong opinions, yeah. but not a whole lot of them. So I guess more feelings. That's interesting. I have a lot of feelings about opinions. I, I wonder if I actually have, if it's the same thing for me, I have really strong opinions. So I, I walk yeah. around thinking I have a ton of them, but it's actually just like two. I have a moderate, yeah, I have like two to three opinions, yeah. but they're super strong. But you think about them a lot. Constantly. There's like sub-opinions too within yeah, each category. That's true. Okay, so the person. we have lots of feelings and some opinions. Yeah, there we are. There, well, we can, we can keep that. No, no. <laughs> so you guys are awesome tweeting at us at strugglebuspod or emailing us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com using the hashtag strugglepodbuds420. Yes. You guys, your game was strong last week. Very, very, very strong. Yeah. We like put out the call. The interspecies uh, animal love. you guys answered the call. That was amazing. It was pretty awesome. I'm very impressed. You can also tweet at Sally T or at SPK Heller. Um, yeah, you guys. So the tweets are amazing. The emails are great. We're getting some great responses. And you know what we haven't said in a while is you should feel, please feel free to review us on iTunes. Yes, yes. And, you know, if you feel like we're deserving, give us a cool five stars. You know what Why I did? Not? I totally forgot to write this in the uh, Google Doc from our bunker. Um, <laughs> I actually read all the reviews the other night because I was feeling, like, really down about things. And I was like, oh, oh, I don't want to read these. And I was like, I feel so much better about nice. myself. Ooh, I, yeah, I haven't checked in a while, but I should go. I There's should go some new them. ones. Awesome. So if anything, you know, just to make me feel better, or yeah. Sally, you know. Please, do if for no other reason, do it for our mental health. <laughs> That's why we're doing this show, right? <laughs> um, so listen, what would you guys think if we did Struggle Bus Live? Holy in, shit. In New York City. Oh my God. What? In New York City? With maybe some special guests who are really good what? at giving advice. Oh my God. Would you come? I will only speak for myself. I mean. I would so go to that. Good. <laughs> but tell us, tell us on Twitter or Write us emails, or if you have our phone numbers, you can call us. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> text us. Text us. Fax me. It would be in New York City, uh, probably Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, so do let us know. But if you can sponsor us to have a show in the Netherlands, because we have a lot of fans out there, let us know as I well. I would love to do a Scandinavian tour. I mean, for so many reasons. For so many reasons. Yeah. The herring. Oh, I'm my God. Kidding. It's gross. <laughs> um, you guys, yeah. So tell us, and uh, if there's like more than... <laughs> 12 people not counting <laughs> Catherine and I, maybe we can make it happen. Yeah. Right? Let's do it. So what else? Tell me what else is up in you, in your life, in Great you. Great news. <laughs> um, on my other show, Tell the Bartender, mm-hmm. uh, many months ago, NPR, it was eight months ago, put a search out for your favorite podcast episodes. And if they picked it, it would be featured on their new earbud.fm site. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually submitted Struggle Bus as well, but it had less than 10 episodes mm-hmm. at the time, so it wasn't able to be uh, considered. But one of the episodes of Tell the Bartender got picked. <gasps> and there were like 6,000 submissions, and That's they awesome. only picked 200. That's fucking which rad. Which is really cool. And Matthew McConaughey and Neil Patrick Harris were on the judging committee. Holy so who knows? Shit. But here's what I want you guys to do. Wait, is this your way of saying that they're going to be our guests? 
on Struggle Bus Live? This is exactly what I'm saying. Cool. So now what would you do? <laughs> would you come to Struggle Bus Live? Now it's like fewer people would actually Exactly. No, they're oh, great. no, no, but they're great. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. Thank you for those of you. I know a lot of Struggle Bus fans wrote in on behalf of Tell the Bartender. That's so awesome. That was really cool. Your vote counts. Your vote counts. Which um, Democracy Works? Which episode was it? <laughs> it was uh, the live one with Norm Lewis and the Bitchy Waiter. Oh, yeah. And then there I were was t- there. Yes, you were there. And then there were two more that were also chosen. Uh, the Dean Garofalo one that you were on. I will say that was an amazing yes, episode. Yes, <laughs> yes. So they, those are like the sub ones, the next uh-huh. to the next. Um, that was really cool. So that's those so are fucking up. cool, man. But here's what I want you to do. We have more than 10 episodes episodes of struggle bus now right yeah and so many they're still taking submissions for your favorite podcast oh shit if you want to write in i'm just throwing it out there go on to earbud.fm and uh, tell them that you love struggle bus please tell them they ask you to pick one episode by the way that's gonna be tough because we have all of them are amazing yeah Yeah. but i don't know pick one out of a hat i'll make one extended episode of like all 10 hours or something or like 20 hours (laughs) One 30-hour episode. Yeah. So that's how I'm doing. How are you, how are you doing? I am okay. I uh, I wrote in our little document next to my name for what I wanted to for our opening jibber jabber. <laughs> that is actually what it's called, you guys. And it's in pink. Jibber jabber. It's never ceased to be in pink. Um yeah, I wrote sad in capital letters. And <laughs> so uh, I was like, oh no. Oh no, is everything okay? But no, I wanted to and and actually it's it's totally a misnomer because I want to talk about seasonal affective disorder but like not even seasonal affective disorder because Mm -hmm. that's a thing that people get diagnosed with and is like a serious thing that I've not been diagnosed with but I was using it as a shorthand which I should probably never do um uh, just for like feeling terrible when winter starts except today in New York it's like a beautiful breezy 70 degrees like sunny gorgeous and perfect but yeah I felt sometimes when the fall starts it like reminds you of school and changes mm-hmm. and stuff I don't know yeah it's it's fall is like a weird time but um winter is a bad I don't know who likes winter I know there are people there who are like I are do. you one of those people I do tell me how you because this is what I want to talk about how do you deal with the cold and the dark not I can deal with like December and even January, but February, shit gets extremely real for well, me. Well, that's a month before my birthday, oh. our birthday, right? It, well, yeah, yeah early April, April right. Yeah. So I get real excited about that. It's like your pre-birthday month. Yeah, but I actually have one of those therapy light boxes because especially in New York, you don't have any sunlight ever. Yeah. You're in an office or you're in the subway. Right. And it's, you know, dark out all the, the time. The quality of life in New York with respect to like the outdoors and nature is already extraordinarily low so I feel like winter is just like the cherry on the Sunday. it's a big of, old fuck you it's a big old fuck you so okay yeah. so go on so you have a light I have the therapy light which helps okay it really helps and I take vitamin uh d okay which is really I should important definitely do that I think everyone should is that everyone right everyone should who lives in the city because your levels are going to go down you're okay. not getting you're not getting enough I yeah. mean it's just a fact um but I don't know I like my birthday I kind of like the cold do you? Uh, I love snow unfortunately there's not a lot here these days yeah um, okay, this is this is like actually helpful. Maybe I can like be a, become a person who I can like I can like pretend to be a person who likes and fake it till I make it. Who you likes guys, winter? Summer depresses me. Really? Yeah, I don't like the non-structure and everyone's doing weird things. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know. Pretty loosey goosey. Yeah, a lot of sweat. Exactly. Yes. Not that many clothes. I like my body to be the one thing I will say about winter is I like m- the most as much of my body to be covered as much as possible. Yes. So I that mean, is a great thing about winter is it's, I can be like you get one square inch. I love it's layers. my wrist <laughs> and <laughs> my face. Maybe yeah, layers are amazing. Okay, cool. So I, that's what I want to talk about. I feel like now I have a game plan. Excellent. I think attitude adjustment 
therapy light, vitamin D. And they'll be good to go. Yeah. Okay. So we started doing this new thing. We're going to try that. Yeah. Um, something that Sally and I did this week. We're going to get right to your emails. Um, but something we did this week that helped us in a in a little bit of a pinch. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we were like trying to think about how to frame it and what to call it. So if you guys have any like brilliant uh, ideas, let us know. But basically like I was just thinking about like how much media I consume during the week. Like podcasts I listen to and articles I read and like a book I'm reading or whatever. And then also just like things I do and uh, what those things are that like maybe helped me a little bit or even just like got me thinking about something more deeply or whatever. And so we thought maybe we would like recommend one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the title that's of amazing. this segment. So what did you, so what did you do? Because I had to shut off for a little while. The news is so depressing. Yeah, the news is bad. I love being informed, but like I can't take it sometimes. I know. I need someone to like present me the news in like a Broadway musical format. It's like the only way to make it palatable. Or just some funny gifts. <laughs> or funny gifts. would be amazing. Or oh interspecies God. animal videos. Can we, you guys do that? We should start our own news website, but it'll yes. just be cat videos. That's amazing. Perfect. Um, Perfect. So, oh my God, you're a genius. Yeah. You're a fucking genius. Um, so visit us at perfect.biz. <laughs> okay, so the, the thing that I did, um, oh man, I kind of want to say two things, but I'll make them really short. So I wrote nature. And so the thing I did was I was in Boston this weekend with my girlfriend visiting my cousin. And usually when I'm in Boston, we do like city things. Like we walk around the city and we go into shops and we go out for drinks and all that kind of stuff. But this time we took a lot of like nature walks. We went out to like an arboretum. We walked around like a really nice park. We walked around kind of like a beach and we watched airplanes take off and land which was like amazing and um I I don't know I don't know if my recommendation is like nature going for a walk or just like getting a change of scenery so um if you live in nature go into a city and go for a walk um if you don't ever go for a walk go for a walk if you're never around nature seek nature but it was just like a a change of environment and Mm -hmm. I was like especially in the arboretum where all of the trees were like changing colors and it was like really beautiful I was just like you know, no thinking that nature has this like, by the way, I don't really like nature. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm really an indoor type of person. You're not outdoorsy. I'm not. Yeah. I'm indoorsy. <laughs> and, um, but I was just like, you, you can't, I mean, autumn in New England is, is very beautiful and you can't help but be sort of like wowed by the palette of colors and stuff. And the thing I was thinking about is that like, no matter how like shitty or chaotic, you feel in your life or in your head there's this like order to nature it's like okay the trees are always going to turn like they're always going to fall this I could come back like Hmm. next year the same thing would be happening and there's something about like yes the beauty but also just like the order and like the calmness of it that really was like it did something to my brain chemistry I Hmm. think it was really good it's great yeah it was great so go um go look at some trees or something you know yeah get out there change the scenery literally Yeah. yeah seriously so that's me. What about you? That sounds great. I wrote down talking to myself, but just to preface, this mm-hmm. is an exercise that I've been doing for years that I, I use this week that really helps. Basically, your subconscious is always right. Your gut is always right, but you second guess yourself constantly. Mm-hmm. So a friend taught me this. If you're ever in a quandary about something or like really just feeling you know, out of it, ask yourself a question out loud and say the first answer that comes to your mind. Now, Ooh. my inner person is really hard on Catherine, but in a very funny way. So like, for example... I was really worried about something working out time-wise, and I was like, sorry, time-wise. And I said, um, 
out loud, like, am I going to get it done? And immediately just say the first thing that pops out, of course you're going to get it done, you dummy. Like, what the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? You get everything done. You're fine. Chill the fuck out. And I was like, thanks, inner voice. So That's she's, amazing. She's got a lot of energy, but like it comes out yeah. so strongly. And I'm like, right. So try talking to yourself this week. Like, and, and is it like you ask yourself a question? Out and loud. Like, okay. You ask yourself a question out loud and like the first thing that you... you absolute first thing that's awesome let's try it right now this is totally different but let's say sally ask yourself who am i who's gonna win the presidential election sally just say it out loud who's going to win the presidential election first thing oh uh mitt romney there see what happened there (laughs) i don't do you see see that tells you a lot about (laughs) that's something for me to investigate on a number of levels that's been the struggle was no i'm joking but so like things that are more emotional like uh should i call this person you know that's cool i like that it's really cool it's a way to get in touch with your inner awesomeness i'm worried that i have some sort of superpower and mitt romney is now going to somehow like enter the race and become president my eyes are like bugging out because that could happen what if if we just discovered two things one my superpower and two mitt romney is going to be president i mean you heard it here first i don't know which is more powerful to me (laughs) so true but i'm so glad i could be here for this (laughs) um awesome well let's get to uh we had some quick responses from the last episode Do you want me to read the, or well, I'm going to be talking about the second one. So do you want okay, to read I'm the gonna first go, one? Okay. So this is the response to Tammy Taylor, who wrote in and talked about uh, being in a relationship with a guy, but having these recurring dreams about having sex with women, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this, oh, we have to we can, pick. We can pick her name. Uh, are we still on a Friday Night Lights kick? Yeah. What, can we always just be? I mean, Becky, right? Do we use Becky? Becky. Okay. Yeah, so this is from Becky. Yeah. And she says... Tammy is 20 and lives in a hostile environment, so I just wanted to communicate potential safety concerns in her disclosing to anyone and also the incredible effects of compulsory heterosexuality and ways for her to explore safely after having had an incredibly similar experience myself. Compulsory heterosexuality is a deeply ingrained institution and affects those of us from conservative small places and even cities. Hello, mm-hmm. a great deal. I would instead suggest that Dear Tammy Taylor explore online. Autostraddle.com is a great resource and fun website that delves into these topics with amazing nuance and compassion. I also recommend to Tammy that she explore queer women media. It shows lives it shows lives and humans that are rarely seen in mainstream and even and even alternative straight media. For example, butch women exclamation point Mm -hmm. lesbian web series may be a great place to start that visual and life possibility exploration that's really good advice thank you becky thank you for reading it and then uh real quick i saw my friend betsy yesterday who's a big fan of the struggle bus uh she's the one whose podcast i help produce big design small budget Mm -hmm. one of the best interior design podcasts ever it's totally changed my life what i know right (laughs) um she had some thoughts on i think it was landry it was a guy who wrote in about feeling he can't satisfy his wife anymore Mm -hmm. and should she be in an open marriage and she had a lot of strong feelings disagreeing with us on us saying he needs to take care of himself first. She agrees with that, but it's always good to tell your partner first to sort of open the floor up for all mm-hmm. discussions as opposed to like, no, it's just a you. She thought we were pretty hard on him. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, a little bit of tough love. Yeah, tough love never hurt anyone. I get what she was saying, though. I think she was like, I think definitely they have to communicate immediately. And then, yeah, see. I mean, I, I think that my, I, I wasn't really intending to dissuade him from like communicating openly with his wife. I was more speaking to like him proposing open marriage as a solution to their problems. And I think but I that w- might not have come across. I was, you know, I was focusing more on how I really thought he's depressed. Um, but what's new? What else? <laughs> you know, like I'm like, you got to carry you. But it's always good to hear these thoughts. Yeah, thank you. You don't for- have to always agree with us. You 
I mean, ninety-eight percent of the time, probably, but nine point, you know, nine. If you know us personally, you're welcome to disagree. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You guys should disagree and let us know. And sometimes we'll read them. Yeah. But it's, we don't really get that many. That we more often get emails from people who are like extrapolating on something we said, like yeah. Becky's email. Yeah. But um, yeah. disagreement is great. It's good. It's all good. But thank you for that, Betsy. All right. Email number one. All right. We can make up the name and uh, they go by a mail. So. Vince. Oh my God, yes, Vince. Vince. Oh, I could do this all night. I know, me too. Uh, should I, do you want me to go? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay, this is email, an email from Vince. Hi, Kate and Sally. I really love your show and have been listening since early this year. I'm a straight cis white guy named... Oh, let's, let's take that out. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But please feel free to make up a name for me. Done and done. Mm-hmm. Um, am I reading this... No, that's okay. Uh, I joined the military at a young age for college benefits and moved away from home, Texas, yeah, <laughs> where I eventually met my wife. Yada, yada, yada. I got her prego, whoops, and wanted to keep the baby, which worked for me because I always wanted kids. We just passed three years of marriage. I love my now two kids and her, yet a cloud of guilt follows me, and I always feel like I've ruined her life. She was in college when we met, dropped out, and is now a stay-at-home mom by choice. A few months ago, she had dealt with some pretty severe depression, and after some therapy and medication, things seemed to be coming back together, but I feel like I'm slipping off the deep end now. Because she was pregnant, I did what I imagined was the responsible thing and re-enlisted in the military for four more years. I soon realized it was a terrible idea, but still had three years and 11 months on my contract. Shortly after, we moved to a new area on an island, and isolation set in, hence her depression. I don't make friends very well here, neither does she, and we want out, but I'm tethered to it with no way of cutting my contract short without either going to jail, prison, or losing all of the benefits I joined for in the first place. Every day is a struggle as I quote-unquote play the game and shuffle along doing what is expected of me while worrying about how helpless I am to change my wife's current state of loneliness. It's monotonous and miserable on both ends. I would never consider committing suicide, but I often daydream of being hit by a bus so that my family can live well off of my life insurance. I know it's cliche, but ever since my wife had dealt with her struggle about six months ago, I tried to be the one who holds it together no matter what. It's not because I don't want her to see my weak moments, but because I'm afraid that if she sees how much trouble I'm having trying to stay stay sane, that she might fall back into her depression. One of the few good things about all of this is that even though she and I started out rough, our relationship has surprisingly strengthened immensely throughout. We've been living in the new area for over two years now, and I'll soon be approaching the end of my enlistment where I'll either face the choice of staying in for the security and sake of my children or getting out and moving on to better things. I started composing music on my laptop as a hobby, and over the course of the, last, of the past three years, it's become more of an opportunity. My dream goal is to compose scores for film and Moonlight as a solo artist. I'm currently working on music for a short film with a director in Australia, so I don't feel that, it, that it's entirely out of my reach. But my adult mind is telling me that the uncertainty of the economy and the state of the U.S. of late make me worried that I might fail my family. Most days I wish I never had to leave the house. I just don't know if I can continue existing in the mil- if the military was to be my life for the next 16 years. It should be noted that I'm seeking professional help, but I value your opinion so much that I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Cheers. So, um, <clears throat> Vince, see a shrink. What? No, I'm joking. That's our, <laughs> our answer to everything. Um, yeah, thank you so much. I have some thoughts on this. I mean, I would never tell anyone, quit your job, follow your dream, because mm-hmm. Lord knows that is a hard path. Mm-hmm. But I would say that if you don't find a way to do what you love, but also understanding that you may have to work other jobs, you you might be miserable staying where you are right now. Mm-hmm. I think you know you are. Um, and you have, I think, one year left. 
So, Sounds like two. Yeah, I think he said he's two years in now. Yeah, yeah. but it's a four-year thing. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, yeah, so the first thing about changing jobs and all that stuff, I would say do it but understand, like, it, it's hard, but, like, you may have to have other work while you're pursuing mm-hmm. your dream. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Again, that being said, comes from a place of privilege if you have some money saved up mm-hmm. or something like that. But it sounds to me like you know what you want to do. Like, you spent a paragraph telling us how it's working out. So that's your inner voice. That's mm-hmm. your like, inner, like, it is. It's going to happen. Um, but I guess, like, just understand, I may have to do something else for a little bit on the side, but mm-hmm. you can do it. And if you think it'll make you happier, that's great. That's my first thought about the job thing. Sally, do you want to yeah, do Yeah, and that? I mean, kind of similarly, I just think that, I think that there's, like, a, a huge world between doing the thing that you hate and is making you miserable because it's secure and like pursuing your dream, which is like wild and crazy and has no security at all. There's like, there are things in the middle where you get a day job that can provide for you and give you what you need. And then, you know, you do something at night that's fulfilling and like you slowly try to like change that ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's like, you know, like a really privileged way of looking at it. And um, like, I, I feel the same way as Catherine. Like I would never tell anyone to like drop everything they're doing now and like go pursue their dream. But like at the same time, I think it's not just like, one or the other it's not just like be miserable doing this thing I hate or like abandon everything and do something like you know it's like maybe you could um find a job that you know has a lot of security and really provides for you but that you hate less and that allows you to live in a place you like which will you know make the quality of your life a lot a lot a lot better I mean even if you know you never get to do your dream job professionally as your entire career if you're if you hate your job less and you live in a place you like and you have a social life and you know you're in a happy relationship and and you still get to do the thing that you like like at night or as a hobby like that doesn't sound too shabby Mm -hmm. I, I think yeah, I'm in the position where I do that now. I'm making some money doing the thing I love, but I still have a side job. Mm-hmm. And I don't hate the side job as much as right. I used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to have a side job that I hated. And um, it really changes your perspective. You can't really be an artist unless you have that sort of, um, uh, how do I put it, ability to create. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me like you're feeling really trapped. So I'd yeah. say it's not like jumping off a cliff. Like you can just find something else and yeah. understand it may take a few years, but keep doing what you love. Yeah, and like maybe like the light at the end of the tunnel can be that like, I mean, I would, I would say don't reenlist. I mean, it sounds like that's completely miserable and you sound like you have a lot of like inner resources. I mean, you're a lot of people, I feel like when, you know, when they're bogged down with a life they don't like, they don't have the bandwidth to like be creative and like make music or, I mean, like life is so busy and hard. Most people don't make time to do that extra thing. And you are doing that thing, which mm-hmm. tells me that you will be able to get another job in another place and do the, and provide for your family and so on without the military, which sounds like it's making you very unhappy. And by the way, there's an ambient noise going on upstairs, people oh, yeah, walking. That? Uh, that's someone showering in my building because okay. the water pipes are very loud, just so you guys know. Okay, that's uh, what's happening. Um, oh, it just stopped. Oh, it stops. Okay. Um, they're nice and clean. Yeah. I just want to say another thing too is like I noticed like a bunch of different times in your email, Vince, that like you reference like sort of worrying about what's going to cause your wife to get depressed again and you know how you're dealing with keeping things together and I think that well two things. One is that like you can never really like assume that you know what she's going through and she can't assume that 
you know, she knows what you're going through. So maybe you guys can, and maybe you already have, I don't mean to be presumptuous, but like talking about all of these different dynamics would probably be great. I think it's, it's really complicated when, you know, one partner is going through a lot and the other person's like trying to hold it together, but maybe also going through a lot. And I feel like in a lot of relationships that just like alternates over Mm. time, um, like who's going through something super intense, but I would say definitely like talk about all this, like everything you said like with them but um the other thing is like you have to remember too I think that like you you can't make someone depressed like the way you are can't like you know make someone have a depressive episode Mm -hmm. like and in the same way that like what your wife does or doesn't do can't make your life right you know like everyone is responsible for their own things and also right? yeah no and I, I just got to thinking you don't always have to be the financial provider for the family at the beginning of the email you said that your wife quit college and stays at home with the kids I mean you know maybe she wants to do that but maybe it might help if she got a job and if you stayed home with the kids and like switched it up for a couple years to try that out maybe you can write music on the side I know by the way staying home with kids is not like having some free time it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm throwing that out there but um, maybe if they're old enough to be in school you you would have some time to work on your music and she could get a job which not only would help you but also help her get out of the house and meet new people and sort of try something else mm-hmm. just don't, like it's so hard that um, I understand the feeling of wanting to be the provider but you don't always have to be and um, there's different ways of providing for your partner other than financially mm, that's a good point so you might want to have a conversation like hey maybe you work for your own you know if she wants to or Whatever. So, you know. So good luck, Vince. Tell us how it goes. Anyways, looking at that. So, yeah. Awesome. So (laughs) the second email is, um, she chose the name Shake, Rattle, and Roll. It's amazing. We need to let you know why eventually, but just so you know, it was her choice, and it's amazing. It is. We had a little email conversation about this after. You said, like, best name ever, and I was like, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Did I? I have a pretty bad memory. I I, I just looked at the emails today. (laughs) Um, Hi. I just found your podcast via Lady Power Hour, and you may have addressed this question in an earlier episodes, so I apologize if this is redundant. I work as a bicycle mechanic. I'm the only female presenting person in the shop, and to top it off, I have epilepsy. Because of that, I have had to tell my fellow mechanics, all cis men, what to do if I seize, etc. Somehow the matter-of-fact conversations about what to do have led to daily advice on how I should manage my epilepsy, the latest of which was infuriating. One of my coworkers told me I should smoke pot. I calmly told him that THC induces seizures for me. He refused to believe me until my other male coworker told him it's true that THC can in fact cause seizures for some people. He then told me that he has pot with no THC, what? And that I should smoke it, remove my medical implant, VNS, it's comparable to a neural pacemaker, that mostly controls my seizures, and that I should also stop taking my medications. I told him I had no urge to do that. He persistently told me throughout the day until I clocked out that I should vape with him. I angrily told him that my medical decisions are private, and the only thing he needs to know is to move sharp objects away if I seize. I'm wondering what would be the best way to respond if here any of my other three coworkers tell me how I should treat my body, especially when I'm not asking them for medical advice. To clarify, I am not shaming anyone who uses pot for seizures. It works for a lot of people. However, there are multiple types of epilepsy and seizure disorders, and for me, most strands cause seizures, so I don't feel safe experimenting without medical oversight. Sincerely, shake, rattle, and roll. Sally. <laughs> These coworkers need to be kicked in the teeth. Oh my God. <laughs> like one by one. Don't do that. We don't advocate violence. Um, I'm really sorry you're dealing with this extremely mansplainy environment and these people. Um, it's unacceptable. I mean, I guess, I guess like, 
the sort of like goody two shoes in me who is like who like thinks that like who's seeking justice like being sort of meted out in a fair way is to like go to your manager and you know talk about the work environment and be like hey like I don't want this to be uncomfortable for anyone but like this is not a thing that I want to be discussed um there are some medical precautions that need to be taken but beyond that uh I feel like it's inappropriate for anyone to be talking about what I'm going through with my health or medically and um I mean, because really, honestly, like whoever is in charge has a responsibility to make it a comfortable environment for everyone. If there's no one that you can go to, um, if that person doesn't exist or that person is like also a mansplaining asshole, I mean, it might help to just not in the middle of this asshole telling you to smoke pot. What is up with people who smoke pot needing I everyone to smoke pot? I, You know what? I always thought it was weird when there were commercials on TV like, hey, you want to smoke pot? No thanks. What? You're not cool. In my experience, yeah. people hand you a joint and you say no thank you and they're like, great, more for me. What the right, hell is wrong with this person? Also, you're supposed to be fucking relaxed and chill. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're a stoner. Fucking chill the fuck out and yep. stop ruling, trying to run everyone's lives. Put some THC back into that vape. <laughs> I know. Just, like, st- what? Why don't you tell him he might need more THC in his vape or whatever? I don't know what that, that means. But um, anyway... I would you maybe like not in the middle of one of these conversations um try just you know one of these conversations where he's telling you what you need to do maybe just have a conversation with him um that you and just like really level with him and be like listen like this is a thing that I really need you to respect um so I shake I hope it's okay I took the liberty of calling your coworkers and firing all of them (laughs) oh congratulations you own a bike shop (laughs) I co-signed with Sally. I, I had an experience uh, recently. Oh, gosh. And this is how I handled it. And I actually do agree. I think at some point you might need to sit him down and say, hey, this is very serious. I, you know, this is really bothering me. Please stop. Um, and it, it does work sometimes. If it doesn't, I mean, I would say go to a manager as well. I, I just don't know because ugh, you can't change people. But like, oh, man, what a terrible working environment. Um, but it's yeah. pretty, I've always wanted to work in a bike shop though. I'm like, I'm kind of jealous. I know. And anytime I go to a bike shop and there's a lady mechanic, Ugh. I'm like, you're such a badass. There's nothing sexy. And I guess I wasn't, I was like, you must be dealing with so much bullshit. And I guess I wasn't wrong because yeah. these guys sound like real assholes. Yeah. So basically I've always bruised easily, even as a kid. And, uh, my mother bruises easily. It runs in the family. And I used to eat meat up until a few years ago, by the way. And as you know, I'm vegan now. So I still bruise easily. And this guy was making fun of me constantly about bruising. And he's like, it's because you don't eat meat. And I'm like, no, actually, legit, like I've always mm-hmm. bruised easily. Like <laughs> it's none of your business. And um, I got really upset and I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm the girl who's crying. But I did take him aside and I said, by the way, this is a really sensitive issue for me. I don't care what you think of me, but I really need you to stop saying anything about it to my face. That's all. You can think what you want, but mm-hmm. I, I really, it's hard for me to talk about this. So every time you bring it up it brings up bad memories. I think mm-hmm. I definitely made it sound larger. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And he did stop. Um, it was annoying that I had to do that. But I like to believe that there's good in some people. And if someone's like, this is really bothering me, um, this is a very serious issue, I'd prefer you to, if you don't. Mm-hmm. It might help. It might. I mean, the other tactic I think would be to just like remind yourself that this is a guy who for whatever reason like needs other people to smoke pot because he has feelings about his own pot smoking yeah that's a um, good point or he um he's insecure about something else and so he feels like he needs to prove that he knows things about like brains or thc or neural implants or whatever but just like you know I, you know reminding yourself that like uh oftentimes when people are being sort of condescending dickheads it's because 
they have an insecurity or like they feel a lack of whatever and they're like acting it out and unfortunately they're acting it out at you and that that means that it could just be like an environment that's like not a tenable one for you and you can you can leave it Mm. um but I don't know sometimes like if I reframe the way I'm being spoken if, if like sometimes like my instinct is to think like the way I'm being talked to is because someone thinks I'm like dumb or like I don't know what they're talking about or like I'm not good at my job or whatever and when I reframe it and I'm like oh wait like this is also for them coming from a place of like their own anxiety about something or their own anger about something or their own insecurity it helps me it helps me like deal with it better it's like that thing of like imagining everyone in their underwear or something yeah you know, you know it's what? like yeah, and I think ultimately, like, you're going to be dealing with people. It's, it's really sucks when you have to work with them. There's always going to be someone like that, right? And there comes a point where you have to just brush it off mm-hmm. and learn how to do that, unfortunately, because you're not going to be able to change everyone's minds. And this guy can, yeah, he's like, sounds weird. Like, he needs people to smoke pot with. That's not a thing. No, it's not. I don't not get a thing. that. Yeah. No, he, he sounds like a real tool bag. Yeah, I just feel sorry for him and move on. Yeah. If possible, yeah. I yeah. guess. And then open your own bike shop. Or just be like, hey, I did what you suggested. I removed the implant. I smoked a bunch of pot. It didn't work. Thanks to your suggestion. I'm moving yes. on to another thing. Perfect. <laughs> you know? I totally agree. And if you want, have him call us and we'll uh, do all this for you to his face because I'm enraged. I'm happy to do a little video chat with him. Sweet. Depending on where you are. All right, great. Thanks, Shake. Thank you, Shake. Best name ever. Um, okay. All right. So, <laughs> Email three, we choose. Okay, so we need another name. And, and if you see, uh, she goes, I'm 26 and possibly the cover of White Privilege. So, so Lila. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. I was thinking Gracie Bell, but we can. We can oh, use... my God. Gracie. Yeah, I'm not going to say what I was just going to say something sort of mean. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, do Lila. <laughs> okay, Lila. Uh, okay. Dear Struggle Bussians, I'm 26 and possibly the cover girl of White Privilege. Um, so, okay. While normally a concerned onlooker. As the struggle bus drives past, I have something that I would appreciate your opinion on, although I'm sure you've had this question a million times before. So in the last six months, I've realized that I'm asexual, somewhat thanks to your podcast, while at the same time choosing to go vegan, both of which I'm in the closet to about everyone. Sorry, I'm in the closet about to everyone. However, I have a wonderful and open relationship with both my parents, and I want to be able to tell them about both of these things. Now, my mom is reasonably progressive, but my dad is quite conservative. Telling them about my veganism seems reasonably straightforward, considering my dad is basically a carnivore and my mom has decided that paleo is her current diet plan. It won't be easy. However, I think that they will respect my decision and be as supportive as they can. However, asexuality isn't very well known, and I don't think they'll understand because it's something they've never heard of before, unlike veganism, which is growing in the media. As much as I want to yell surprise assholes at Christmas dinner, I think <laughs> I think rather than outrage, I'll just get confused silence. With my younger... It's pretty awesome. With my younger sister getting married next month, I know my dad in particular will start pushing for me to quote unquote find someone to settle, find someone and settle down, which is something I just don't feel I can do. I know they'll tell me I just haven't found someone yet and all that. And even though I've known this about myself for a while, I just didn't know there's a name for it. I really care about the relationship. Oh, sorry. I'm not... I'm not respecting punctuation. Oh. Let me read that again. Um, I know they'll tell me I just haven't found someone yet and all that, even though I've known this about myself for a while. I just didn't know there was a name for it. I really care about the relationship with my parents. Do you have any advice as to how to talk to them about this and help them understand this part of me? Uh, Thanks so much. Um, Yeah, let's end it there. Okay. Um, So... uh Let's talk about the veganism thing first. Cool. Um, awesome. Do what you do what you want to do, but understand that uh, 
people are never going to get you sometimes and that's totally fine. Never bother converting them. So sexuality to me is different than veganism yeah. because uh, veganism is for whatever, um, for whatever reason people do it. <clears throat> it's not ever been something that has, uh, how do I put this? So many people with different sexualities get treated like shit mm -hmm. because of their sexuality. Uh, people make fun of vegans because they think it's goofy, but it's not. You don't. You aren't really like marginalized. It, yes, that's what. That's the word. Yeah. Vegans have never been marginalized in society. In fact, they tend to be upper white middle class like privileged people. So uh, just understand that if you do decide to tell anyone, you're going to get shit for it. Don't make a big deal out of it. Uh, it's it's really okay to brush off once you realize yeah. like no one ever chased me in the streets screaming vegan before everyone, they killed my ancestors. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like everyone take it easy about the way they eat and the way other people eat. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's very everyone different. Relaxed. And that's why I hate like oh, during National Coming Out Day when people are like I'm vegan. It's like okay, you are appropriating. Do all people these do that? Somebody did, and I'm oh like, oh my god, don't you? I mean, vegans can be bad enough about that, or people who believe in certain things that are they're not a marginalized people. Whereas. Sexuality has in the past um, had people lose jobs, get beaten up to death, all these things, and even currently. So that's something I would say is completely different. So when you come out, quote unquote, as vegan, yeah. eh, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. It, it. Your parents will probably understand. And if they don't, it's okay. And get yeah. used to the jokes. It's really not a big deal. Thank you for saying that. That's a really good point. I, I, right. the, the coming out of the closet didn't, didn't even occur to me, but you're right. It is, I think, people like... Yeah, like I said, my ancestors weren't murdered for being vegan. Like, right. There's a deep history of sexuality and people getting hurt, and there's no history of vegans getting killed on the streets. Yeah. Okay? So just relax. Yeah. Everyone take it easy. Everyone take it easy. Yeah. Um, I think like the thing... I think that my response to this like at the age I am now is like different than what it would have been when I was like 20 because or even like 25, um, because when I was a lot younger, I felt like very, I, there was like an intense pressure inside me to like make sure people knew, especially my parents, like the things about me that I thought were really important and make them wrap their minds around it in the way I needed them to. And now I just, I feel for like so much more relaxed about who I am and what I do and everything from like my sexuality to the way I eat. And, and, and like, I think that, so like giving advice from like that perspective maybe isn't as helpful for Lila because it sounds like you're in a place where it feels really important to you that they like get you and see where you're coming from. But I mean, I guess so take this with a grain of salt, but like, you know, when you tell someone about being vegan or being asexual, they're naturally going to process that and understand it from their, like through the lens of their background and their experiences and their perspectives. Like it's, they, it's really not on them to um, immediately understand what all of that means for you. I mean, I think that's like an understanding that hopefully people in your life come to over time. Mm -hmm. But I just think that like having the expectation that it's going to instantly click and make sense for them, I think that's going to be a letdown. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, I, I yeah, I, I agree with Sally. I don't think you should have to. I understand the desire to want to mm -hmm. and have people understand you. Um, I'd say either tell them or don't. But um, if you feel safe telling them. Mm -hmm. Uh, but just understand that it's fairly a quote-unquote new thing that is not well-known about. Not new, but a newly uh, phrase. How do you put that? 
newly named I don't know yeah I mean yeah yeah I I think that like it just hasn't really been talked about in like a mainstream way until recently yeah so they you know they may not be like what you know so uh I guess just expect that and know that it doesn't come from a place of hate it sounds like your parents are really cool just a place of not understanding Mm -hmm. which is why I'm a little hesitant like while you're still navigating this new it's not new territory but finally recognizing who you are maybe just ease up on yourself and take some time in Mm -hmm. exploring who you are right now and how you feel about this. And if they have any questions, they can ask. But like, I don't know. Yeah, and you said also that you're like anticipating your dad starting to like push for when you're going to find someone to settle down with. But I mean, if he hasn't done that, um, you can always like wait and see if that happens. And if it does, like you can like sit both of your parents down and have a conversation and, you know, try to explain like the totality of your feelings and experiences around this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And since you have a close relationship with them and they seem like they're cool people, hopefully the response you'll get is something to the effect of like, okay, I, I can't really relate and I don't really understand, but I, I love you and I accept you and I would like to get to know you better over time with this new information. Yeah. And I mean that I think that is a thing that like some people get when they like come out about different things um not everyone gets it and it takes people different like different parents or different whatever um but you know I think like you can definitely ease into all this stuff like Catherine said yeah there's no rush if you're really not I I get the sense that um you're just not sure how to navigate like telling them and stuff to which I say unless you're sure and know no pressure Mm -hmm. you know if it's really not hurting you not to tell them right now just, uh, you know, keep doing you. Yeah. And just sort of like take it easy and understand that there's always a, you'll know when it's right to tell them. And it does sound like they're supportive. Otherwise, I, you know, would definitely argue the fact of maybe not telling them if they were abusive or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like they're cool. They may not understand you, but I don't know. Take the temperature of the room whenever yeah. you feel like it and uh, keep doing you. Yeah. And like, I think you asked like how to help them understand this part of you. And I think like that, that real actual deep understanding comes like sort of over time of, you know, it, like in a relationship, um, like of people like, you know, I, I like of people like getting to see you, um, you know, living your life and like dating or not dating, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, your feelings. Like it's not a thing that happens like in a single conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it can help to like have a conversation and be even be like, hey, read this article. This might help. But I, I just, I don't think it's a thing that happens in in that moment. I just mm-hmm. feel like it's a thing that happens over time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, uh, if you do want to yell surprise assholes, I always co-sign that. Yeah, I please mean, periscope that. We'd love to watch that. Do you, oh my God. We should periscope the uh, struggle bus one of these days and see what happens. That'd be amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, By the way, if we did like a line of surprise assholes merchandise, would you want pins? I'm just saying. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Or something. Yeah, would you wear that? Tell us. And the person who originally came up with that, could we we use it? Yeah, let us know. Yeah, I kind of want to have one. Done. done. I want to put it under my uh, coat and then when I'm ready to shock people, just whip it out. Whip it open. That's amazing. Yeah, but Lila, definitely with the veganism, be as preachy as possible and like refuse to talk to them for years. It'll definitely work out. Yeah, (laughs) definitely be super. I I recently wrote this article on how to go vegan Mm -hmm. and I interviewed... Uh, Gina, Ginny Messina, who's known as the vegan RD, she gave like all this great advice and stuff like that. And the comments are like filled with uh, vegans and non vegans just like going at it. And the best thing is that they're arguing over like who's preacher and not to quote one of my tweets, but it's like you're in the comment section, you're all preachy assholes. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Like the thing of like being preachy is like it's the same thing with the THC guy. Mm-hmm. It's like what, 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 how does it help you? 
to shame other people for not doing this very specific thing you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there are a lot of, you know, not preachy vegans and of course. non-vegans. It's like... And there are lots of, there are lots of preachy... Oh, you just said this. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah, <vegans>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's okay. Sorry. It's early in the morning. I think our coffee... It's hard coffee's... to process words sometimes. We've, I've been drinking coffee since 6.30 and I think I'm officially going to be like, oh, what did I just say? Um, this is all a fever dream. So thank you for listening to yeah. our shared fever dream. Did we record this? <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm joking. We, we, did. we did. Okay. Phew. <laughs> I keep checking. That's my job. Um, yeah. I, I Yeah. I just keep, keep on keeping on and it sounds like you're in a very cool, you know, uh, situation where you're learning all about yourself and that's awesome. And it sounds like maybe you're in the UK because you keep saying mum, which is yeah, awesome. I dig that. So enjoy the UK. Well, we get some Australians too. Do oh, that's true. Mom? I guess they do, huh? Yeah. And maybe even like in New Zealand. I don't know how. <gasps> if we could tour in Australia and New Zealand. That would be cool, except you would have to like anesthetize me because it's a fucking long ass flight. Yeah, it is. We can do that. You would need to knock me unconscious. That's fine. Okay, cool. We'll do that. Um, See you soon in Australia. Awesome. All right, so... Yeah, thank you so much for all your uh, emails and tweets. You can always tweet at us at strugglebuspod. Email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Get a struggle buddy. Yeah, get a struggle buddy. There are people People are using the hashtag. Yeah, strugglepodbuds420 is a hashtag. And there are people on there who are like, hey, who wants to talk about this? It's a cool way of like finding someone on the Twitters who's nice and Mm -hmm. already filtered out. Like we definitely uh, make sure we screen people before they can post. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, I was like, we do? That's cool. You do that. No, I thought no, you no, did no, and no. I didn't. <laughs> no. But I mean, if they if they listen to the show, they should be They're cool. They're not assholes. They should be cool. Yeah. No yeah. one's going to tell you to fucking smoke pot and take out your fucking brain implant. Oh my God. That asshole. I'm so hung up. On, that's what I have to talk about in therapy is how fucking hung up I am on that asshole. Take out your brain implant. Like, that's the part I was like, are you kidding me? Amazing advice. I mean, I believe you that, that he said that, but I, uh, what? I'm going back to my original kick in the teeth advice oh my god it's like yeah we have talked about this on the show though when people are like just try meditation and it's like no medication's working well for me thanks have you tried a breathing technique oh it's like god. i will bury my fist in you which by the way i'm not usually violent i'm feeling like so much i am aggression this morning so punchy. what is it i don't know man if you if you know what it is uh tweet at sally at sally t and tell me how it went at spk heller it's <laughs> amazing so now the song of the week mm. Um, oh man, I love Radiohead. Who doesn't love Radiohead? Who doesn't? And if you don't, just please stop listening to the show. Turn us off. Uh Uh-huh. Um, no, there's a song called Let Down by Mm -hmm. Radiohead that I love because it's about being disappointed, obviously. It's about like building yourself up and looking around and having a lot of feelings about your environment. Uh, but I like it because it's kind of like an anthem, the Mm. way it's, um, the the chord progression and the, the whole sound of the song is a really beautiful oh, song. Sounds and I, awesome. I think about it when I'm like, wow, it's okay to be disappointed, but like there's so much going on in the world. And uh, it, yeah, it's a good song to like jog to or walk very uh, quickly. Briskly. That Brisk, sounds awesome. Briskly is the word, yes, too. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it. Take it in. I don't you know it. Heard it. I don't really know a lot of music, but um, oh, I, think I, I love it. No, I, I everything I've heard by Radiohead, which are like things that have been in the top 40, I guess, I've liked. So I'm yeah. sure I'll like this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye. Bye.